Hey, y'all. Hey. Hello. It's tea time. Tea time. Oh, wait. Let me try this. Tea time. <laughs> nice. Is that our new sound effect? I like it. I love the production value of the show. <laughs> I want to say that I'm not having a good weekend because 6ix9ine has outed me as uh, also being in a gang. So I'm trying to deal with that. Oh, my God. Me, too. Yeah. Can you believe? I think you were at it, too. You were just working. He's out on everybody. He's just up on the stand going. And then I think one of the cast members from Snowfall was like, had a joke about six nines on the stand going. And there's this guy named Saint over in South Central. <laughs> He's just ratting on her buddy. Um, y'all had some crazy weeks. I had a busy week, but I don't, I think the two of you had like insanity, right? It was pretty insane. Uh, this week I've had in a while. What's going on with you, Andre? What's happening with you? Um, so I can't remember if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but I'm currently in the process of, uh, workshopping my musical that I've been writing for a year. Yeah. Um, and this came pretty out of the blue because I got an email on Monday. The original plan was to, uh, um, work on the show next semester, but I got an email on Monday uh, from the head of the theater department um, saying, uh, you know, we have a a spot in our season that we can't seem to find a show for because we can't cast it right and whatever. But we were thinking about your show and we wanted to know if you wanted to come in and we can workshop the show and have some performances in early November. I'm like, yeah, cool. And, you know, I'm just I'm just going along with it because I'm not going to say no to this. Right. Um, and he's like, can you set up a Dropbox folder of um, every, basically everything you've got, like, ready for us? And I'm like, okay, uh, thinking that this is, like, last minute. Um, I was like, can can I uh, upload everything, let's say, by Friday? Um, and he's like, uh, can we have it tomorrow? Um, because we want to talk about it with the other uh, department heads. And this is all through email, and I'm just like... Sure. Yeah, we can do that. We can totally do that. Um, so uh, so that was like Monday morning. So I go to class and I get home. I'm, I'm home by five, which is great. Uh, I start getting everything ready. And I'm not necessarily, I'm basically taking everything I've, I've written because I'm not really writing anything new for this. I'm just like getting it ready to put in front of people. Right. And which so I've got to get which rid of- still work. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I feel like the editing process takes longer than the actual yes, it does. conceiving. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I'm like getting rid of like little notes I've made for myself in the score. I got to get it readable. I got to get it playable. And I've, I'm doing this for like about five or six songs. Um, and then I get another email asking, can we also have some samples of some dialogue scenes? And I'm like, Yes, you sure can. You sure wow. can. I'll get that to you this weekend. Do they not understand, um, though? I mean, these are people who are, like, in your realm. Do they not understand the ask? I mean, come the fuck on. Uh, I don't know. But um, the whole time I was I was kind of reminding myself that this, like, literally happens to no one. Right. Like, this is, like, an opportunity that does not frequently happen. So I have to take it because I've, I've gotten extremely lucky with all of this. Okay. Um... And so, yeah, so I'm, I'm formatting all the song. I'm, like, formatting all the scenes. And now I have to put everything in one giant document. And, like, I'm uploading things left and right. I'm noticing errors, so I had to take it down and re-upload it. I'm just, like, so it's been a crazy week. 
And I've been, I, we were talking about like all of us had had pretty crazy weeks and how that affects like work life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian, how was how was your week? Crazy. Oh I my god, his week was insane. What did you do? Well, I, it was a lot of traveling. I mean, well, let me put it this way: compared to like other people in our industry, it wasn't crazy. We ain't but, talking to them today. Yeah, but, I'm talking to you. But like, for what you know. I don't travel a lot, but I was out. I spent the uh, the beginning of the week in what here worked here in Hollywood, and then after wrap, um, you came home and then you went came out because I had to drop off gear so you could return to the shop, and then I had to go out to Joshua Tree. So I was out there for for two days, um, you know, shooting out in the the heat. It wasn't that hot, but the sun was was. But it's down. it's high desert. And then you know summer's not e- over. Exactly. And then back here, and then I had a, a what a day off, and then yesterday well, that was two days in the desert. So that's two nights away. Again. Two days in the desert. It's a lot of driving. Yeah. For those of you who aren't uh, familiar with the L.A. area, I mean, the high desert is is a couple hours east away, and then you have traffic. So driving back into town was just to- it was terrible. I hit every single rush hour in every single city on the way back. And there was an accident. Oh. And there was an accident. So it's a lot a lot of driving. And then last night we had a 13-hour, you know, almost a, an Disorganized yeah. ruckus. Yeah, it was a ruckus. Mess. Just toe-up yeah. mess. People who should not be doing stuff, doing stuff. Yeah. Mm. Shall be nameless. Voldemort. Dang. And, yeah, and then just, uh, we were just talking about I think I, I don't know what started it, but I was in our thread talking about like somebody that we know probably innocently made an off the cuff remark. And I was already on tender hooks. I'm, tr- I'm writing under deadlines these days. I'm trying to get, I'm getting my book in order. It's coming out this fucking year. I'm trying to get some stuff done. Also, I have side work that pays some bills. And so I'm on deadline with that. Then I got every shenanigan motherfucker in my neighborhood throwing a party. Y'all need to learn how to, to park your cars, tell your guests to be respectful. I work at home and just shenanigans anyway. But I think it was because this person just off the cuff was like, hey, you need to help me write my blah, blah, blah blog. And I, it just, it just, on any other day, I probably would have been like, whatever, you know. But it just hit me all wrong. Because it's like when people do that to you, they just don't stop and think how disrespectful it is. And it is disrespectful to go, help me write my, oh, you think the thing I've been doing since I was like 16. I've been writing for money since I was 16. I'm 55 years old. So you want me to just help you, help you write. Why don't you learn how to write? I'd already given this person advice, by the way. I said, Write. Write every day. Write all the time. You'll suck and then you'll get good. That's how writing works. You can go get an MFA in it. The MFA, the only thing, and I have a friend as an MFA who was on this show who said what the MFA does is, you know, for $150,000 or whatever it costs you these days, is it makes you turn in X amount of pages. You, you have to turn in work. And it has to be decent, solid work. The MFA forces you into that deadline it doesn't necessarily mm. get you completely ready for the real world, but it also puts you in the room with other people and you're, you're executing at a high level amongst your peers, right? So that's what an MFA does for you. But if you don't get that kind of dosh or time, because this person's, you know, a little bit older like I am, 
and wanting to start this career, I was like, all you got to do is just write every day. You know, if the question had been, hey, do you have five minutes to like talk to me about me writing my thing? No problem. No foul. Help me write. Fuck you is the answer. Fuck you. Yeah. And fuck you because I've spent my entire life being bad at it, being good at it, being middle of the road and then executing at a high level myself. And I don't mind being a mentor here and there. I don't have a lot of time for it, but you got to step correctly or fuck you. Yeah. That was my rant. That was the long and short of it. You guys were treated to scrolls and scrolls of me. And I apologize, but y'all my family. And I figure I can show my ass in front of my family because I'm letting y'all know what beefs me. So well, I hope I didn't yeah, offend that, I mean, that's what the threat is for. Yeah. It's true. Aside from like planning the podcast, it's right. just like this motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> so it was that. It was just like, and again, they probably didn't mean that. They probably don't know that. But see, they also have a career where they've been at it for a minute. And I don't come to them and say, hey, can I have free shit? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't ask people for free shit. It's and in fact, when somebody comes to me, this happened to me, this happens to me all the time. People are like, I need a person who does blah. The first question I ask them is, okay, what's the rate? And then I negotiate that rate in a way before they even ask. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to ask anybody to do that. And free? Why are you asking me? Then I get mad at the person in their face. Yeah. I'm like, don't ask me to, uh, to call up any of my people for free. Nobody I know works for free. Nobody. Not even anybody yeah. starting out works for free. This was this was funny because like as as you were texting all of this, I was also texting someone else, and this is my uh, uh, so our viola studio has like a, a graduate assistant, um, and she's awesome, and we become like pretty good friends, and we've known each other for since last year, and she texted me and she's saying, "Hey, I need um." Uh, what is the rate uh, if you wrote a cadenza for me, which is like a little musical section that she can put into a piece that she's working. And so like, I think I almost would have, if she said, Hey, can you write a cadenza for me? I wouldn't even think about like, yeah, what's the rate? Like, what's your budget? I would just be like, yeah, of course. But the fact that she came to me, she was like, Hey, like I want to do this thing. I know it takes time out of your schedule and it takes energy and I'm giving you a month. I just want to know, like, it's just a minute long. I'm like, great. I'll give you 25 for that. That's all. That's all I need. If it's a minute long, that's like maybe an hour or two on, in an afternoon. Right. So, I mean, like, <laughs> literally the different extremes of how you handle stuff like well, that. Well, and before we go down this road, I'm good at what I do. I have no qualms about it. I'm not insecure about it. I don't have doubts about it. I'm good at what I do. People hire me all the time to do what I do. I write copy. I write content for the internet. I've written in music. I've written in entertainment. I've written scripts. I've sold scripts. I've, you know, working on my first book. I mean, and I have a lot of doubts about that. But still, Ian's reading the first draft. He's telling me it doesn't suck. You know, I just got to work out the mechanics of writing a book but and you're good too you're good at what you do you've been at this for a long time even as young as you are you've been doing this for half of your life Mm -hmm. ian's been doing what he does pushing 10 years now he's good at what he does so if somebody calls me up and goes hey you think ian can come out and like you know work on this thing for free this weekend i'm like you just stop being my friend (laughs) you're asking me and me and mine to like, so w- I take this nothing that you're paying me to the grocery store and go, hey, but, you know, my friend, my husband worked on a passion project and it really went well. Can you just give me this food for free? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. 
All the same people like working for, for like exposure. Yeah, yeah expo. Oh, I got you exposure. Yeah. I'll show you. I expose something to you if you want to see something. That's just the you know disrespectful of someone's Dis- time. Re- you know. Spe- well, like Fall. this thing that I just worked on. I mean, I was. This is what I was sold. I got a couple lines of dialogue. Don't know how long it's gonna take. Uh, this is all we got for it. I'm like, okay. I mean, I've worked with them before. The rate is not even close to what I'm used to, you know, what my rate is. But a couple lines, I think I'll be in and out quick. So Drive time to Glendale, drive the whole time. thing and was then, almost 15 yeah, hours. And then, you know, the way it's set up is that I've got a line in the morning and then I've got a line at wrap, which is 2 a.m. in the morning. And this is bad producing, by the, the way. The way it, this was organized. Now, I understand that you've got, you know... This last thing is, is you need it in the nighttime. It's a it's a nighttime scene, but you could have gotten those wild lines early in the day, and I wouldn't yeah. be I wouldn't have felt insulted for this low rate if you would have let me come in, do my shit, and then just let me leave. And so here's the thing about wild lines: you don't have to be on camera. This person, it's just audio only. It's just audio. So here's only. what you do with wild lines: it literally to took ten minutes. You yeah. could have stopped work. Yeah. For 10 minutes. This is what I do because I want the sound guy to work with me again. I would have gone in because I did produce for many, many years. And you go, I got to get the sound guy out of here so he doesn't like stab me in the face. So you go into (laughs) where if you have trailers or if you have holding for your talent, you go in and you get that wild line in that room where it's closed off or get into the side. You find a little place that's the most Yeah, I was going to say ADR is always an option as well. Well, these people don't even have have budgets for it. Well, you don't have talent. They don't have time for this. They don't have time for it. This is a bunch of uh, of musicians. This is just a commercial. It's a one-day in-and-out thing. But I mean, when I I say that, I mean like doing this. It's literally as low budget as you can yeah. get. You don't have Lit- to get a, a, a yes. big professional yeah. booth for that. You can call them sure. into your office what and do What are you saying about our thing. standards, Andre? No. <laughs> I'm just saying it's as easy as just like plugging in your mic. Like, I'm so offended. Yeah, you could. No, but what I'm saying is like what well, almost said, though, I'm just telling you like how you would do it and how I've done it right. in the past yeah, yeah, yeah. is we have four lines for audio. The rest of it's going to be visuals for the rest of the day, blah, blah, blah. So you get them to the side. It's so easy to do because you have respect for your sound person. Well, see what this what and this does. I can tell does, you they didn't respect uh, respect you because of your rate. What this does is that next time this guy calls up, it's this is my rate. I don't care how little bit I'm recording. This is my day rate. Mm. If you can't mm-hmm. if you can't meet that, then you got to call someone else because I'm not that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. No. I think this guy is a little too familiar. Yeah, he thinks you're his because sound I bitch. I knew I know his bosses. I work with his boss's friend. Mm. And even they pay me a low rate. But those are easy days. I get in and out. Yeah. But well, here, this flows into time. We're going to talk and, about and time. This, this production was large. Huge. They could have paid me my day rate. Well, they didn't. I they, was there all day. They needed context. They didn't ask for them. Context are the things that you listen to. They're your monitoring ears. Yeah. And they didn't have them. They didn't ask you to get them. And they and you said all the shops are closed in L.A. on the weekends. People take the weekends off. Shops close. And... They went and got them, right, from locate, from the place that you go. And Ian goes, how'd you get them? And he goes, well, if you pay, they open. And that set me off. So you pay in your sound guy a low rate. You don't know how to ask for things in advance. No call sheet, by the way. No call sheet. Yeah. I and then call sheet. here we are. You're telling me that so you can make something show up for money. Well, next time, if you want me to show up, you're going to have to you pay. You have to fucking pay. Let's talk about time. 
A couple hours. This is how people negotiate. It's only going to be a half day. Bitch, this is L.A. There's no half nothing. By the time I get there and you get set up and you do stuff, that's at least four or five hours. What, am I going to, like, be able to, like, zhuzh over here to the other part of town and do another show? What do you mean half day? Is there half a song, Andre? Do you write half songs? Do you write half concertos? Do they just get in the Mm -hmm. middle of the high note and just go, all right, I'm out. That's all they paid me for. Mm-mm. So here's when we talk about freelancers and part-timers, and it is none of your business. It is none of y'all's business how long it takes me to do shit. You are paying a tradesman, a craftsman, a skillsman, an artist, whatever you want to put the title on, to do your thing. Whether it takes me an hour or ten hours, you know, I mean, if you're, in, if you're on fire for it and there's a deadline then that comes into the time constraints. But when people say freelancer and think you're free or you're cheap, let me educate you about that. This is also the way we need to learn how to speak about ourselves. I don't call myself a freelance writer. You know, I've worked out my life to the point and I've earned the right to be my own boss. It's none of your business, though. I don't tell people if I'm a corporation Mm. or anything. What do you need me to do? When do you need it to be done? And here's the rate. Well, that's too much. It's been nice talking to you. And when people say something to me like, well, good luck with that in the future, I'm like, oh, now I'm going to cross the street and tell everybody I know about yeah. you so nobody writes for you. Mm-hmm. And so that shit works. You think you have control over me? If you know how to do this, do it, bitch. Do it. If you know how to write music and sound mix and write, go the head the fuck on. But it's not because I'm a freelancer or a part-timer or whatever. Again, you know what I'm saying? Am I making this point clear enough? It's like my time and how I describe my time to myself is none of your business. Do you want the services? Do you want the services? So a couple of half-day, three, four lines, what the fuck are you actually even talking about? And you kept the sound person there. Now he's got a story. And now when that production company's name comes up, let me tell you this damn story. And we talk. You talk in your world, don't you, Andre? Y'all, you're a band of brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when somebody's shady, you go, oh, don't work with that fool. So that's yeah. what happens to y'all. Well, I mean, we don't say was... it to your face, but we just we, we literally don't even have time for you. You get ghosted before they get mm-hmm. to the end of the sentence. We've already, we already texting people yeah. telling them this fool right here. There, so. there, was, there was already salty crew on that set, and they weren't, you know, shy about talking. Yeah. So, mm. you know, people were That's already so just pissed. It is how it is, though. It doesn't look our our game, our business. You know, out there in production, there is no HR on set. You're on your own, so you have to find you have to you have to set boundaries, and you have to be a way you have to have a find a way to conduct yourself. And so, if your whole attitude becomes, "Well, I need the money," you need to do something else. You know, when you let money drive you, you're already in trouble. When it's performing to the highest level, to your ability, and being treated with respect, now you got it. Because then the money follows that, right? Yeah. I don't know how it works in Andre's world, though. So, in terms of what? Like, what are the... Like, attitudes? Yeah, the attitude. Like, what are the... Where do you guys get let down? And Well, let, well, let me tell you this. So, the first, first two years of, of me being here, um, we had... Uh, our principal violist. So this is the person that leads the section, sits first stand, um, gives feedback on anything. And 
I had a very hard time working with this person because I couldn't help but feel that we were all being condescended to every time he would turn around and be like, uh, hey, play this note right. I'm like, yeah, we fucking know. Can you give us actual feedback? And it was like that for two years. It helps nobody if I I respond to that in a way that like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Or no, I'm not going to write into my part. Or no, I'm not going to play it like that. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And I can work with this person. But outside of the rehearsal room, I don't have to talk to them. That's right. I don't have to be friends with them. But it doesn't help anybody in that scenario, especially when you're doing something like orchestral playing, playing when you need to work as a team, as a section, to ignore a, di- a direct uh, critique from your section leader. It doesn't help anyone. Right. Now, when we're talking about like um, working in smaller ensembles, like qu- string quartets, same kind of thing. You have to watch how you give each other critique it's different from saying, oh, that note was way too flat. Instead of saying that, you could be like, can we check the intonation there? It's all about the language and it doesn't help. And people are also like, sometimes they don't want to be in that rehearsal and they don't want to have to put up with people that don't respect them. Right. So you have to be that team player. But again, outside of the rehearsal room, fuck it. Yeah. You can, And you can go to someone and be like, hey, I, I, I just know this person, like if you're going to work with them in the future, they're not the easiest person to get along with. I'm just saying. And you don't have to talk shit about them either, but that's just me being like, just know what you're getting into. Well, you're more grown up than lot me because I talk shit about people. If, if somebody is a fucking <laughs> screaming nightmare, we don't have time. I guess yeah. I guess we're less polite, you know? Also, that's either age I guess it de- or... I guess it depends. If yeah. it's someone that has like a very prima donna complex, I'm just like, just be careful because she, they're, they're not the easiest person to work with. Gotcha. But if it's someone that like doesn't show up rehearsal, doesn't practice, uh, has a bad attitude, just like, fuck it, don't, don't even try. Don't even try with them. Yeah, we have like a, we like label people like screaming asshole, prima donna, cokehead, you know, uh, creeper, uh, violent, um, and there's always stories because you have those stories. The stories mm-hmm. get handed around and they get passed around. And I got to tell you, this version of telephone stays pretty solid. People are not about embellishing. Like they usually have the facts pretty straight, and and the story oh, yeah. gets told true. So. You know, and now this production company is is our is a story at least in our household. And again, I don't I don't give a shit what other people are doing. For me, I don't run with the herd. I don't. If y'all want to go over here and put yourself in this position with this person just because you need you know to pay a light bill, that's your prerogative, and I'm you. not mad at yeah, you. You know, you got to you might have things going on in your life, and you don't you can't do that. I respect you, but I'm not gonna. You know, I've done it too long. I I did it. I have got years and years and years of saying yes to assholes and go, well, I need that money, I need that money, I need that money. And when I finally started going, wait a minute, I'm doing this backwards. I started going, you know, this other way where you got to respect me and I need to enjoy working with you and the ask oh, needs yeah. to be reasonable. Then my life changed. It started, it just completely did a 180 with work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes even the opposite is is true in terms of like how you because like sometimes I feel like I can be I can be friends with someone and I think they're great but once I get into a working environment I can't do it it's weird how, how that how that sort of works that's kind of how it was with that section leader like I didn't mind like talking to him or like getting a coffee with him because he was he was a, a decent guy but the moment he came into that leadership position and started condescending to everybody I couldn't 
I couldn't respect him in any right. sort of way. No, and I, I think that's fair. I mean, like I, I worked with same thing. I've worked with my friends, and they get on set, and they get like some sort of god complex, and you're like, okay. And then you know they invite you out for like lunch about a month later, and you're like, oh man, yeah, that today I got a thing. <laughs> and then you know you're, it's called I call it the the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Like, there's the ghosting, yeah. but I've been holy ghosting people for a while. Like, oh, I don't know, man. Yeah. And if some of them get the hint, some of them are like, oh, you're just so busy. I'm like, I know it's crazy right now, man. It's like, <laughs> do you not know what's going on? And yeah. People are like, why don't you tell them? Uh, have you ever told somebody that you, exactly what you think of them? Because I do it more than the people I know around me. And, um, Yeah. If you deal with this shit in real life, you got to be prepared for the consequences. Because I do tell people, like, I, I've learned, I am very, I try to be as nice as I possibly can in certain situations, since maybe somebody doesn't know. But if you come at me and you are that way, you're getting it right back. Like, literally, oh, yeah, way yeah. You, you respect it to someone me. until they disrespect you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then you're like, oh, the gloves are off now. Okay. Yeah. And then, like, and then I'll just tell them straight to their face without even cursing. But the number one rule I say in that situation is don't curse anybody. Don't ever use profanity because, you know, you've already lost the argument. But, like, Oh, you're yeah. trifling. You're not on time. Well, trifling is a name calling. I'd say you are not on time. You are late. You have a disrespectful attitude. You're very unpleasant to work with. Bye. Bye. And then I block them and I don't know what their response is. I never know what the response is because I'm out. I don't. I'm letting you know this is over. <laughs> yeah. And we don't. I don't want to have an argument about it. Like I don't even want to. And it has to get pretty extreme to do that. Now I, I've associated myself with people that we have very pleasant interactions and conversations. My clients and I get along just great. There is a mutual respect. Yeah. <clears throat> and, the, the, and it allows me to negotiate. I'm like, you know, can you do it for this? Now that's really too low for me. I didn't even say really. That's too low for me. This price makes sense. And sometimes, like, I just had a negotiation with a guy I'm riding with now. Um, he goes, I said, what kind of charge? What should I charge for this thing? And he goes, I don't know. And I said, he goes, what do you think? And I'm like, well, what does our budget allow but also respects the work? And because I have a trust with this person, I can negotiate that way. And they came back with a more than fair price. And I'm like, awesome. Mm -hmm. But it's because I'm not dealing with fools. And look, we don't. I haven't had that luxury right up into the doors of this time in my life. I haven't had that luxury or I didn't know better and – when you're young or when you're starting out, like you don't always get a chance to negotiate. But if you hold yourself in a place of self-respect and esteem and operate from there, as hard as it may be, you might have to be eating some ramen noodles more than you want to at times. You'll just have a better life yeah. and like, rather than just letting people just, just eat shit for no money because you need to pay that whatever. Well, no. you, you, you come with, you know, from a place of power. You do. You know, and you command respect. Like you said, like when you were negotiating that rate, you know, there was respect on both sides and you came to an agreement. The thing is with like with this this company that just hired me is that now this is my rate. If you can pay it, I'll be there. If you can't, you need to get somebody else. Right. And now that rate yeah. is going to be your actual rate. Because now it's my full rate because you did not respect the time. Mm-hmm. Now, these other people... They're going to pay the asshole tax now. So we call it exactly, asshole tax. Exactly. These other people... Now, because I've worked with this group before, and I've seen these guys, this crew, they're there. They they choose to be there. 
but they're probably being compensated. Oh, of course they are. They ain't treating these people yeah. like nothing and like treating them like that and then paying them nothing. Nobody would be there. Yeah. So they're they're about So they chiefed out their sound mixers what they did. Which people do. Fuck y'all. And they're about to have to go find another one. Yeah, fuck y'all. This is this is interesting how it how it dovetails into how um the attitudes towards paying people for services in university mm. because I've been told a lot of a lot of um, I'll say some professors have told me if I if I mention that yeah I'm going to get this person to do them and I want I want to pay them a little bit because it's their time and then I I literally have been told oh uh, I don't know if that's a good idea because then it's going to uh, have this expectation of other composers to pay their performers. And I'm like, what? <laughs> in a sense, I get it. We're college students. We're all broke. But like a like a like a Starbucks gift card or something like I I can't ask someone to like put in their time, especially like being a college student and knowing how precious my fucking time is. I'm not going to ask them to take time out of their days just to play this little thing and I'm not going to pay them anything. Like I literally cocked my head at them. Like actual professors have told me this and I'm just kind of like, but if it's within my means, why shouldn't I? Thankfully, I am in a position where I am able to pay people for their services. You know, that's like, that's, that's fucking nuts. I will say this. When I first started out, I thought being a good producer was getting everybody for cheap and nothing. And I have worked PAs for nothing. I look back on a shame, on, uh, with shame on that. Yeah. Um, I've used, I used college kids on films and thought, oh, they don't. And, and you know what I learned the hard way from being a piece of like dog shit is that I'm a piece of dog shit when I did that. And second of all, those are the people who needed the money the most. Those mm. are the people who needed to ha be calibrated in a way to expect to be compensated for their services. PAs do just the grunt work on set. And they're, they're, these, these kids were running everywhere and asundry, and they were doing it with smiles, smiles on their faces, and they were grateful. But I was an asshole for doing that. So from whence I speak, I say this, you need to compensate people yep. for the work that they do. Especially someone like at the caliber of you, Andre. I know you don't like the word prodigy. You're good at what you do. So why would I want to ask you to do something for free? Do you know what I mean? I'm not respecting yeah. you. And like looking at someone's age or they're a kid or they're seriously, I've been that asshole. Don't be that asshole, yeah. Chad. Well, see, that's, that's, that's the crazy thing is like you, you're saying that professors say this. Like when I first started in, in my business, you know, I worked, um, I did for about a year, I did a bunch of NIFA shit. Yep. You know, and... They pay. They don't pay. Yeah. You know, and I think they're that if if professors are are saying you know don't pay, or lowball. That's just ridiculous. Then you then y'all need to get out of making talkies. Then you need you to know, make music videos. If this is what they're teaching in school yeah. to disrespect if people who work yes, in your business. In, in what your, the fuck? That is a terrible lesson to teach your students. Yeah. So they're to learn, and what you just learned is you ain't shit. <laughs> until when are they telling you when you're supposed to charge you know when you get that degree then do you charge 
Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Talent is talent. It's also is like talent. from from a university standpoint, if that's the issue, and we want composers to be able to be to have pieces that are performed by people, then the university, or at least the school of music, needs to come up with some kind of program that that people can sign up for. Hey, I'm a performer. I want to play composer pieces, and the and the university pays them a stipend, yep. so the composers don't have to. If that's if that's the issue, and also like university money is is grossly misdirected in so many different ways no matter what university you're talking about but it's the same thing like when i'm looking for a pianist to accompany me sometimes i get very high rates i've i've had 50 dollars for 30 minutes i'm like i've i've done 25 for 30 i've done 35 for 30 i can't do 50 i'll find someone else yeah i'm not gonna be like Oh, that's too much. <laughs> or like, or like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that much. But what is your opinion of the fifty dollar person? Do you think oh they're they're overcharging or oh they're that good and they can command that rate? What's your opinion when you're getting that rate? Well, I, I don't, I don't know because most of the time I I don't know the person. It's people it's that have been referred to me, and sometimes it's a it's a sophomore undergrad, and sometimes it's a graduate assistant, and sometimes it's an assistant professor. If it is an assistant professor, I get fifty dollars. I don't know about. Because at least at that point, I'm I'm guaranteed a some level of quality. But when yeah. we're talking about undergrad, it's kind of like, okay, but I have to listen sure. to how they work. And they're also like learning how to play with people and like they're doing their own thing as well. But like when I'm in a tight, like last semester when I had to find a pianist for a recital that was in a month, I needed to bump up my budget a little bit because like I need someone that can that can pump this out and, and read this and work with me quickly. Mm. And, and uh, for me, I didn't I didn't feel comfortable working with someone that was an undergrad because I didn't have the time for that adjustment that usually happens. Gotcha. So, but here's the thing. You're paying people for their work, right? Yeah. Paying people for their work. And that will never stop being the case. You're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. You're going to be hiring people for the rest of your life and being hired for the rest of your life to do this. Correct. So, these habits matter yeah. and they're setting these standards of like, you're just a kid work for free until you get experience. What are you talking about? Well, so also like that's is the, the same child thing with like unpaid. Is, are you living for free? Is your rent free Andre? No, it's not. You know, is your car payment free? Is there, are your musical mm-hmm. instruments free? Because it, I mean, I can see paying them free. If, if you're getting a ride, if everything's getting picked up, yeah. then you come in and you do your shit. And this is the, the thing that we didn't, I was a theater major at a, a a lovely southern state college. We had a really good program by the way. Like our our professors came from Broadway. They were just I don't know how they ended up in this little sleepy ass town in Alabama, but we and we were killing ourselves and we had a beautiful stage and and our um one of our professors worked with Joseph Papp and blah, blah, blah. So we had this beautiful stage, and we were killing ourselves. We were young kids. We all weighed 80 pounds. Everybody had rickets. Nobody was eating right. We were sleeping <laughs> in our cars, you know. And it was for the money. But then we, we found out one day what they were charging the season ticket holders because everybody in the audience a lot of times would be blue hairs, and then, you know, we get student rates. But that's a small section. Everybody's really busy at this college, and we would just couldn't come. You'd come and support but mostly it was blue hairs who were buying this stuff. And these tickets, I forget what the tickets were, but we found out the ticket price were, we were like, well, they're friends of the theater. They're help paying for the theater. And we we're just like, wait, we're paying this, this crazy kind of tuition. And I was, pay- I was paying my own way through school. And then you're p- in this ticket price? And that's when we forced the stipend on them. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to provide something yeah. for this. We're, we were, and again, we were good. I got to tell you, this program, we were all good we would compete around the nation we were always in the top five 
you know. I've actually, yeah, I've actually, I've done a lot of uh, community theater things. Um, and one time I was actually lied to about how much we would be paid as in like we weren't paid at all. Um, at that point, I had done a lot of shows with different theaters and my name had gotten around and someone came up to me and like we're doing, you know, the show uh pays um i think they said like 200 for four weekends like now that's crazy because that covers like one weekend for me because it was a 30 minute drive to and from but i was a high schooler i was in 11th grade 200 sounds like a lot i'm like cool sure so four weekends later plus a whole tech week of rehearsals plus two weekends of rehearsals before that and three shows a weekend for four weekends i get to the end asking the music director for the check and she's like oh there's there's no check Oh my god! I'm like, what uh, do you mean? And and they were like, did someone tell you we're gonna get paid? I was like, yeah. And so I never worked with them again. Yeah. Because like, yeah. how can yeah. I? How could I be sure? And my parents were pissed because I had spent all this time and money on gas. Like, it's crazy. So you paid to perform. Yeah. Exactly. So Instead when you're, that's what happens. Like, we were paying to for, perform too, and it's like again, I and I'm not. I can sit here and say this stuff emphatically because I've been the asshole who disrespected someone's time and their youth and worked their bodies into the the ground on sets that were grinding because I didn't know what I was doing, A. And B, I I didn't respect the work. And I didn't physically sit around and go, fuck those kids. I was just like, the attitude was, well, they're young. This is great experience working on a film set. And I think it came along... I only did this three times in my life. And the third time I did it, uh, someone came up to me and, you know, one of my PAs who was really clever, and all my PAs were clever, by the way, and she just said, shame on you. If I had known you were going to do this to all of us this entire day, we would have walked off. You're the worst. Mm -hmm. You really are the worst person. Again, that cut me to the core. I see her face. It was dawn on that set. I went into um, the shitter and cried and then i was like shut up crocodile tears she's right um and then tried to find some money in the budget and did for the for the ones that were standing i started out with 12 ended up with six um and compensated those people but it turned me around Mm -hmm. i learned um i learned right then and there that i didn't want to be that asshole and i then i started really i did almost a 180 on paying then it became wait a minute (laughs) The crew needs to be paid. And I have friends who are producers, and they like to get that cheap rate and look good to their boss. They like to look good to the exec producer of we got everybody for cheap, and I can't be friends with those people anymore. When you said that a while ago, like when you know that about that person, I have a couple of friends. We're acquaintances. I say say hi to them when I see them out in the street, and we'll holler at each other occasionally, but I'm like, you cheap motherfucker under my breath. You know what I mean? Like I'm just like... (laughs) And then when they call me up and they ask me for someone, I'm like, yeah, I don't know anybody anymore. I'm out of the game. And I do still know people. I still have a Rolodex in front of me for people, but I'm just not going to hand them to this person who's going to work you 14-hour days for nothing because I'm a reformed asshole on this. So shame on you professors for saying that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have this is something that you need to teach, the value of a person's time. We need to reset this conversation about work because we're in a situation in our country where we're all having to become entrepreneurs. It's a nice way to put it. You know, those of us who have already been living here for, I've been doing this for 15 years, 
And now I have people who are getting, you know, people my age who are being laid off just a few years out from getting their pension and they're having to start all over again. And I, I feel, I feel, I don't even know what that, the, what their nights are like, the worry, you know, mortgages and kids in college and things like that. And here they are. So, but those of us who've already been out here, it, it lets us all down when we work for nothing. Yeah. Think about mm-hmm. it this way. Every time you take that no to low rate, you're fucking everybody around you too. Yeah. I know, I know a lot of, you know, when I first started this business, a lot of, I, I would read a, about a lot of sound mixers who were really salty about people taking low rates because you're undercutting our industry. Yes. You know, same thing I, with writers. The same thing. Yeah. The same thing with, with film composers. I've been, I've, I've seen so many threads and, and discussions about how, you know, it undermines the industry when you, when you do stuff for free. Really but then does. there's also the balance of people coming like, well, I just want to just start working and, and get that exposure and hopefully land an internship, which is probably going to be unpaid anyway until you, you get a lucky break. Well, th- there's a myth around the internship, by the way. Uh, if you look up the statistics, I don't have them right in front of me because uh, I didn't think we were going to be talking about interns today. I don't know why. But like internships very rarely turn into any kind of full-blown thing. I mean, yes, there's writer's assistants that end up in the writer's room, and and uh, the, people could argue with me back and forth. But a lot of times, that's just a con. They just want free labor, and they want somebody young, someone who's green, someone they can push around, someone who won't say no, and someone who's amenable, and they want you to come in and, and be a body they can just grind to find white powder, you know? I think I th- yes agree. But I think that, it also that... depends oh, go ahead. who's hiring these people. Because my favorite internship story is Ramin Javadi's internship yes. story, where he started as an intern at, at Remote Control, making coffee for Hans. They were working on the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. They couldn't crack a scene. Ramin is like, "Let me stay overnight and try to fix this," and he fixed it, and they loved it, and look where he is now. And a lot of that also could be said for a lot of the interns that work. Pinar Tropak started there, Benjamin Wallfish, a lot of these people have started there and have worked up. And I think that's solely because of how they they not only treat their interns, but how they also uh, present opportunities as well. Well, let me say this about that. I I don't think... How do I want to say this? Romain Dwadi was born with that talent. It just needed to be cultivated. You mm-hmm. were born with the talent that you have. It's being cultivated. You're cultivating it in this moment. So when I bring you on, or Amin Duwadi, to be an intern, even Diamonds in the Rough, you guys are already head and shoulders above Jim Bob, who's like, I want to be a composer. I'm going to go be an intern. I'm going to go work that company. Like, <laughs> that guy's fucked. He's fucked. <laughs> If you're talented, you have a shot at this. And if you're really talented, you're going to go, all right, I've been down here for three months. I'm out. It's been nice. You're going to find a polite way to bow out and go, I'm going to go somewhere else and probably get an entry-level job. But you have to be talented. So so what I'm saying is there's a lot of carrot dangling of an internship leads to blah, blah, blah. But if you don't have Mm -hmm. any talent... Or it's and it's not being cultivated because again in that scenario with Ramin and Hans, Ramin had that talent in him. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. 
if he was a guy who was still struggling with his own talent or didn't have any, that story wouldn't have even happened. He wouldn't have fixed that yeah. section. Does that yeah. make sense? And, and But it's I just a, think yeah, people are yeah. lied to yeah. about, oh, if you go and intern for Sony or DreamWorks or whatever, you're going to be making, you're going to be John Favreau in five years. I mean, it's just, I see it happen. People have that idea. I got an internship. And then you talk to them a year later and they're like, I got used. Yeah. I've sat across from a lot of people who have that story. A lot of us sit around, like all of us oldies, and we go, yeah, I was told I was going to blah, blah, blah. I was told the same lie. When I first started working in radio, I was paid. I think they didn't pay me the first year because I was like 15. And they knew I was 15. I was lying about my age. And when I turned 16, they decided to pay me like $2.50 an hour. You know? And they thought they were doing me a favor. And I was working insane hours. And I was cleaning the station. And I was doing everything. You know? And I was like, well, this is what you do. Until one day I realized... I'm almost now 19, 20, and they're still paying me $3 an hour. And my station boss said, you know, this is what you're going to make. And I bounced on it, went to the competition, and I think I came in at some crazy rate, like $10 an hour, <laughs> like something that wasn't happening anywhere else. Because I had like a, I had ratings. I was good at it. Mm-hmm. So I was able to do that. So my internship taught me that people are assholes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that, what I learned on the, my summer vacation. That's I think that's what the majority of the lessons learned in that. I Don't mean, work for free. Very few but people get to. But also got you those ratings that got the other job. I got me those ratings by having the opportunity to yeah. use the station equipment. You're absolutely right. Should I be grateful to this piece of shit? No. Hope he doesn't. It did. No, not necessarily. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is I just needed to get in front of the equipment to address the people to get people to like, and then I announced <laughs> where I was going on my last day. Got <laughs> locked out of the station. It was pretty funny. Those were the days. Um, <laughs> uh, I've never said I was going to act right. I've never been acting right my entire life. And I'm not saying I'm right even in this moment. We are the three of us are having a conversation. Yeah. I'm sure people have their own opinions and their own. People will probably get all shirty and like try to like write a dissertation to me about. Go ahead, that's fine. I'd like to hear your point of view. But I think at this point, I think we're all learning that the value of work starts with yourself, and it's really hard if you're stressed, yes. if you're depressed, or you're not sleeping enough, or you're eating bad food, and you're working in a vacuum, or you're working under some like control freak. It's hard to stand up for yourself. You know, and yeah. it's hard to see yourself and lift yourself up by bootstraps because you don't own any bootstraps in this situation. Correct. So, so I yeah. guess I was and like, this, yeah. This was the other thing I wanted to talk about uh, that dovetailed into our thread uh, yesterday. And this post has like, it was posted back in July and it's been haunting me ever since because I think about it constantly. Um, it's this post on Instagram and I'm not going to call out their username, but I'm going to say it's a working film composer. Um, not necessarily like, well, I'm, I won't say that, uh, but they're working. That's the, that's the point. So I just want to read you, uh, the caption really quickly because it's a lot worse than I remember it. (laughs) Um, but keep in mind we're, we're talking about one work-life balance and treating yourself correctly and doing all that stuff. So this is what he said. I went seven days with only one hour of sleep per night last week. And yet everyone said I was the most alert and sharpest person in the room. Now on the inside, it was a different story altogether. 
I learned that most of what you left your body, what you let your body try and tell you, you can override mentally. Like an athlete, it's all a mental game. I found myself crushing a secondary voice of reason that wanted me to sleep and live with lower standards. But I beat that voice to a pulp, crushed it down as I pushed through getting only two hours of sleep for the first three days straight. You can do more than you think you can. You can push yourself mentally farther than you thought possible. I was taking 20-minute non-REM naps and occasional one-hour and 90-minute naps. When push comes to shove, it's impossible for you to beat everyone else to the finish line more than you realize. Okay. Uh, and the reason this has been haunting me is because this person seems to uh, either directly or indirectly be perpetrating this lie sold to us by capitalism that you have to forsake all basic human needs in the name of success. And what's troubling for me is that a lot of people follow this person. A lot of aspiring composers such as myself follow this person. And now they're being told the message that you need to deprive yourself of sleep. And I'm pretty sure he wasn't eating great either. And he's sitting at a desk for 26-7. And he's just ruining his body for a whole week straight. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is not a behavior we should be championing. I agree. If anything... Whatever producer told you that the deadline is this and you need to forsake sleep to meet it, I would have a word with them yeah. and maybe not work for them again because they don't, again, going back to what we were talking about, valuing your time and energy. And this is what I was going to going through this whole week is that the first day I was very worried about everything. So I got a lot less sleep than I usually do. I started eating very badly. Everything was thrown out of whack and I had to stop it right at the end of the week. I was like, I could not let this become a habit. This isn't healthy. I need to prepare better next time, even though this was a last minute thing that happened. So all of this to say, even if things like this happen, you need to find ways to make sure that you can survive it. Yeah. Because you might not feel it in that week, but you're going to feel it years down the road. You're going to feel it in your back for, for sitting in that desk for 20, 24 hours straight, seven, seven days a week. Not something that should be uh, encouraged. Anyway, off my soapbox. I, I used to live this way in my youth. I would go with complete sleep debt all the time. And I drove up and down a mountain, by the way, a very steep mountain that, that had a reputation for people driving off of it. It's a wonder I never went off the side. Um, I used to live off of cigarettes and Diet Mountain Dew and sleep under the editor at work. I worked at a local TV station. And we were trying to do this comedy show on the side. We did do a comedy show on the side. And that's what we were there for. So we'd have our regular course of work. So I was producing the morning show. And... Um, my other colleagues were producing like the sports show and the six and 10. And then we just lived at the station, the shitty cinder block um, monstrosity on top of a mountain. And we were number one in the ratings because they had our sweat equity. Like we were really good. We were at the top of our game. We were young. We were bendable. We were burnable. And we did that. And I look back at that time and it forged my friendships with those people in iron. I still know the majority of those people I worked with. But then I think about the stuff that we turned out and what we did all that for. It was fun. Some of it was funny. We had some really great moments. But 
I don't know that it necessarily was worth all the damage I probably did to my body. I'm mean, not bitter and twisted about it. And yeah, you can see the people who are out there grinding and they're getting Academy Awards for it or they're getting that deal and they're getting that contract. But I've also been around long enough to know that I've had a lot of conversations after the hype. And I've known some famous people in my time. You sit around with them and you go, hey, biggest regret. That I didn't take time for myself. That mm-hmm. I didn't, that I burnt the candle at both ends. All of them talk about nerve damage or, or uh, depression, neurological disorders, having to see a counselor um, because it's over now, right? You got all those things, and all you're left with at the end of it is yourself and your thoughts. And so I do think it's right. I do think it is excellent what you're saying, that pushing this kind of dangerous narrative of burning yourself to, to nothing, what are you even talking yeah. about? Because, okay, let's say you write the, the most magnificent opus in the world and everybody loves it. That's great. But you can't, do you, are you going to just chew on that for the rest of your life? Is that, if, if that's the end result, and I highly doubt that this person is writing Bohemian Rhapsody at the end of this, I, I don't know what they're writing. I'm just saying, even if that's the end result, so you did it, it's done. Do you sit around and go, but I wrote Bohemian Rhapsody? Is that just while you say, do you just put that on a t shirt? Do you just, am I making any sense? Like, at the end of it, you have this thing that everybody enjoys. But is it worth it? And I've asked a lot of people who did amazing things, and they're like, not really. I was always shocked to hear that. I'm like, so you're not sitting around there like, what do I do with that? I got a plaque on the wall. Yeah. I've got bragging rights to strangers. There's this wonderful uh, quote from the composer Benjamin Britten. He was a, uh, I think, 20th century composer. Um, and he, he, This is very, uh, it's going to probably be misquoted, but it, to the effect of, um, I don't I don't adhere to the myth that the composer wakes up in the middle of the night and rushes to the piano and writes down his masterpiece. Sleep is for sleep, work is for work. Don't get it twisted. Not what he said, but like the idea I, is there. Yeah. I have never oh, in my yes. life woken up at 3 a.m. and I'm like, oh, I have an idea. I must rush to the piano and write it down. Sleep is for sleep, work is for work. And if you take, if you take, I have rolled over in the middle of the night and written down ideas, usually drunk, and I wake up the next day and I'm like, "Bitch, you should just keep <laughs> sleeping." What? If you take it, I mean, you know, on cruise side, people who are worked, overworked, you know, don't make it home. Yeah. Because they run off the fucking road. That's my yeah. whole thing. Yeah, that's my whole thing. I don't care. You're making the next apocalypse now, or name your favorite movie, and you're you're peeling your crew down to nothing. To what? Well, my husband died, but the, the film won an Academy Award. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. You know, he's not, even if you were making the $8 million the person is making who's starring in that film, you can't, there's only so many holes on your body. There's only so many things you can do in your life and with your body, with your money. Yes. So I just don't believe in it as a thing. Like, I'm not driven by those things. I want to sit around and love my family and, and I want them to be healthy and I want them to be whole and happy and producing at, at a normal rate. Yeah. And it's like, and I, you know, I, so need, I, 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 need, I yeah. wanted to point this out, not only because this person is, is pushing a narrative that, you know, you look at the end of it and he's like, hashtag crushing it, hashtag life hack, hashtag no sleep. I don't fuck with that. 
But at the heart of it, no. and this guy has a team of composers, and they all, so presumably if he has stayed up all this time, they also have stayed up all this time. So you have a team of composers not sleeping for a week. Who is running this? What? How have you gotten yeah. to this He's just point? stroking There's his own dick. Deadline. That's all he's doing. Because I bet you also, yeah. by the end of that, you could have gotten so much better work out of them if you gave them a little more extra time. It's not worth it. Yeah, what is your life for? Yeah. Is it about trophies and fame and shit you can point to? I've known so many people like this. I really have. I walked around this dude's house when I first came here. When I moved here in 2002. And I was like, still like, oh, Southern California, yay. This dude lived up in Malibu, music producer. We walked around his house and he had all these trophies. He was the most lonely, saddest fucker I'd ever yeah. met. His woman had just left him because he was all driven by his ego. And all he had a story about how he did this and how he did that and his grindstone and blah, blah, blah. And how he just never... Same, same thing we're talking about here. He wanted us to all pet him retroactively on his little tiny dick yeah, like, for working hard in the past to make trophies. And I'm like, bro, you're asking the wrong yeah. people to validate <laughs> you because I just... You're just, just sad, because bro. You, yeah. and he's yeah. kinda, just because yeah. you have a work-life balance doesn't mean the time you're spending away from your work it doesn't mean that you're you're less passionate than the person who is devoting all of this time to the work. This person is just crazy, in my opinion. I cannot do that. Yeah. I can't yeah. do what yeah. he's doing. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're not crushing it. I mean, you're crushing yourself. Yeah. You're literally going to stroke out yeah. at some point you're, if you don't <laughs> stop. You're doing it to yourself, dude. So, and we're all just sitting here. I'm just, I have probably pity for that person more than I have any kind of admiration when I see that. And I don't give a shit what you're producing. I don't even need to know what it is. You can tell me, like, he's, he's like, writing Game of Thrones 2. I, I don't give a fuck. I mean, honestly, I just feel like that's just insane. That's not what our lives no. are for. You know, yeah. we're here to make things better for ourselves and respect ourselves and each other, not that. So when people swing around, like, again, getting into passion, whose passion is, I'm not even going to get into that dick-swinging contest with somebody. Yeah, yeah. That's your business. How this is, this you are is, about this is also a behavior I've seen so many times just being in college with other people. I don't adhere to it because it's just not it's just not something that I can do. But I have had conversations with people coming and like, yeah, I haven't really slept in like three days. And like, I can't remember when I last date and I don't have time in my schedule to eat. And they're saying all of this like it's some sort of accomplishment. I'm just like, dude, like, wake yeah. up. You need to find time yeah. for yourself. You're not living in the now. You're living in this weird, hypnotic, sleep-deprived state with no food in your stomach. Like, it's not, it's not healthy. Like, I just, like, drink water. Like, that's all. If you take away anything from this podcast, drink fucking water. God. Drink water. Get sleep. Sleep is, like, probably your biggest friend. We gain weight. Uh, and I'm talking about puffy weight. I'm not talking about, you know, fatness because I'm fat and glorious. I'm talking about like you get puffy like that. You know, you're carrying around something that feels like an alien in your body. That's because you're not sleeping right. It'll fuck yeah. you up. And sometimes if you keep going and you do it long enough, it'll fuck you up irreparably. Mm -hmm. And you end up with heart problems and circulation problems. You have numbness in your limbs, shit like that. And you just age 10 times faster. But oh, my God, you won a trophy. They they printed out you like a half gold trophy down at the shop, stop at the shop and put your name on it. Congratulations, yeah. bitch. <laughs> you know I just don't. I don't have any kind of envy for that. Like, I actually don't envy anyone. I don't believe in envy. I'm just saying like, if that's what your goal is, I just I feel like we do need to reprioritize. 
Because there's so much of that, especially in our business. It's like, look at us, you know, we're out here like set life. I'm like, fuck <laughs> off. You know? <laughs> my seriously. <laughs> my office for the day. Living the dream. Shut up. Shut up. And also your audience. Your audience doesn't know, nor Mm-mm. do they care when they're yep. sitting there like watching this thing. They don't know like how many horses died or how many actors got, you know, like, you know, bullied and how many crew members, you know, were just just grounded to the fucking dirt. They want their Hassenpfeffer. You have a very fickle audience and they'll consume that and move on to the next yeah. thing. They'll binge through it and forget that they watched it. Did I see that movie? All for what? Mm-hmm. All for what? And then if you wait long enough in your life, people don't even remember that movie or that music video or that artist. And they go, what was that? You know, so congratulations on doing all of that. And now nobody even remembers that it happened. That's why it's important to live this for yourself and surround. And I was going to go back to an earlier point about it's hard to pull yourself up and have that kind of self-integrity if it's not inherent in you or it's been beaten out of you, or you've been gaslighted out of it, or whatever your circumstance. And I guess the only thing I would encourage is find good people however you can in chat rooms and bounce on the people who are mean. Just bounce, just ghost, just don't even worry about it. Don't argue. Like Look for good people and put them around you, even if it's one. Find a, su- a support person that you support and they support you. Do whatever you can to do that. I've, I've done that my entire life. I would go look for the good people around me and go, this person seems decent. Even if I'm not even asking their advice, just being in some people's presence would re-energize me. It's like charging mm-hmm. a battery. Or if everybody around you is just trifling piece of shit, truly teach yourself to love yourself and spend that space and time by yourself. Yeah. It's better to get out of that noise, right, and spend time by yourself than to be around people who are just... I mean, I... I had a relationship that went on for five years too long. Somebody who was constantly undermining me. And I thought I loved this person. I thought that's what love was. And it just nearly destroyed me. If I could go back to that person again, I would just say, kick rocks on this bitch. You know, mm-hmm. use your instincts. And a red flag is a red flag. Two, two last things yeah. I want to say about this. Number one, if you find yourself in the situation that I found myself this past week where you feel like you don't have time for anything, the number one thing you need to go back to is sleep. And when to sleep and when to wake up and when to go to sleep. Uh, most of the time, you're not going to get your best work done if you're staying up till 1, 2, 3 a.m. to get something done. If anything, right. go to sleep at 10 or 11. Wake up at 6 or 7 the next day. Get in those eight hours. Even though I learned the other day that we as human beings are not designed to sleep eight hours straight. Uh, and it's another life. So it's by capitalism. Love that. Um, but again. Yep. Find that good early-ish time, 10, 11, 9 if you can do it. If you're not used to it, get a fucking melatonin. Wake up at 6 or 7. Get your stuff done before the day. Because you are most productive when you wake up and you have that coffee and not at 1, 2, 3 a.m. When all you want to do is sleep, your back hurts, you're rushing through things. Just fucking don't do it. And I promise you, you're going to be better throughout the day. And you're going to feel a whole lot better about yourself if you're not slouching through the day. That's the one thing. Two, you have to... Well, this Sorry, is... go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. okay. Two, ask yourself why you're doing this, especially for for your job. Why are you doing this? Is it so you can be the next whatever? I roll my eyes anytime a film composer says I want to be the next Hans Zimmer. No, fucking be the next you. I don't want another Hans Zimmer. I want the next big thing. Two, are you do are this the second reason? 
Are you doing it for money? Three. Doing it to survive? Okay. Are you doing it because you want to contribute to the art form cringe? Fuck that. Do you want to do it for yourself? Do you feel like this is the only thing that you ever want to do and you will be miserable if you don't do it? So it's it's you have to parse that out. And if, you're, if you figure out that you're not doing it for the right reason, you probably need to reset that path. Sorry, I feel passionate about this. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's awesome. Y'all should have seen that thread. I was going, I was <laughs> preaching the Holy Ghost. I was up there. Rah, 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 rah. I had to actually make myself like not get on here and just like launch. So I'm glad that you were like, you you feel it. We, I think we all three feel equally passionate about this. And again, I know there are people like I work for the gas company. I'm a long haul trucker. I'm, you know, I, I, I have this job. I can't do any of that stuff. But I think those people also, those professionals know like my, my uh, nephew is a machinist, so he comes home, he has his dinner, he needs to go to bed early. Like he takes care of himself. He also has a partner, a wife who's amazing, who's there for him. And But they figure it out. It's like not everybody has, some people just being worked to death. And uh, this podcast is not here to fix the, the ills of the world, but it's just within our little sphere of <laughs> influence it was like let's talk about what's passionate for us so i get there's a lot of arguments of like look man you know i work on a ranch or uh, i work um ec- all these extra shifts at a fast food joint i don't have this thing but it's mostly just like take take the time like you are important yes. and you are not what you do like yes you are to a certain degree um yeah i write but am i a writer all the time no i'm just a person mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, as far as productivity is concerned, only like three hours, if I'm churning at it, I'm good. I can get some thoughts down, whether I'm writing first draft or editing, I can get some solid work done. Anything past that is just, you know, I'm just fucking about. So what is your productivity line? Because I don't know that many people are actually getting something done solidly for 12 Mm -hmm. hours. We're not designed that way. You know, even... No. We're not. I mean, because after a while, you're just, you're drinking, you're smoking, you're going outside, you're doing another rail, you're ordering dinner, you're walking the floor, like pushing yourself, but very, very little bit of it is productivity time, right? So I was like, I know when the clock is up, I look and go, all right, yeah, I'm done. It's time to go in and put on Netflix or go play with a dog or play a video game because now I'm just writing foolishness and nonsense. So, but a lifetime of work did shift work for many years, got paid nothing, had three jobs in college, slept in my car, literally did get rickets, <laughs> you know, uh, hair started falling out, like all that stuff. Because I, I was taught that's what you did. You work, you work and you do what your boss tells you to do. And you don't complain about the money. And then I grew up and went, Nah, yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And that's why I, what I love about the next generation coming up, they don't see any, ne- they don't want to own everything. They haven't promised everything. They're not getting everything. In fact, they've been told, fuck you. We, you, we had our run. Now you need to pay the toll on what we uh-huh. got. So we fucked the world. We fucked everything up. We're, you're just going to have to sit here and take it. And this next uh, group of people coming up, along with those of us who are your allies and in it for you, I'm not going to re- be around to see it, but I'll sure fought like hell to see that y'all get it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a generation of passing on these bad habits, and the next generation is just going to break that wheel. Yeah, and they say, should break We don't want to do that. Hell yeah. We don't want to do that. Come on, Khaleesi. Come along. Well, okay. <laughs> now we got to, we got to, 
We got to fix that. Uh, <laughs> come on, Aria. <laughs> come on, Aria. <laughs> you need to actually break the wheel and shiv that fucking capitalist <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, yeah. So I think we had a good conversation about work again. I know it's flawed. We don't have perfect dancers, no, yeah. but I think it is important. It's a very nuanced, to nuanced say topic, but it is. It is. Because it's, you know, it's it's to each person's own, you know, how they are personally. Because I sit here, like, as we're doing this, thinking, God, if I'm sitting here, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, on my 20th hour of work going, yeah, that sounds good. Thanks, guys. Fuck you. <laughs> well, that's also to and say, like, everything we said in this podcast not yes, to do, we probably you. have done at some point. <laughs> that's the reason why we're oh, not Oh, yeah. I mean, it. I just gave you many examples <laughs> yeah. of being the asshole who goes, work for free. Yeah, don't be that asshole. Don't be like me. Uh, we were talking about some news that we found out over the weekend about one of our favorites. Yes, this this was heartbreaking news? New York Times article came out um, about Jonathan Van Ness, and uh, God love him. I love, or I'm sorry, I love them. I love them so much. Yes, that is is uh, they now. I think so. I really, I'm sorry, Jonathan. I don't know. I don't think he goes by strictly. I know he's he identifies as non-binary. I don't think he strictly goes by any one pronoun. Um, I'm just kind of covering my bases. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he's he opened up to the New York Times about his past, um, about being addict, uh, sexual abuse survivor, being HIV positive, which is very very big, and a lot of people Huge. I feel like don't realize how big it is because. The HIV positive community within the queer community is, to this day, are are still treated as pariahs. Um, yes. And to have Jonathan come out and say, I'm also part of that community and I am living a happy life and I'm working through things and it's not a death sentence anymore, which it's not. Um, and awareness and openness about these kind of things is how we solve these issues. Um. I've I believe in them. I really I've always been in their corner since I first saw that first season. Well, I was watching them on um Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and just marveling and just loving and and I thought it was a shtick. I thought I thought the whole persona was a shtick and I thought this this person is hilarious and then later on it's like, "Oh, this is who mm-hmm. they are." This is this is a bold I mean just just embracing the persona that they have put out there and this is not even a persona it's like who they that being their authentic selves I was like this is fucking brave it still is because we know that the the feminine the feminine um members of our community they just get it all the time mm-hmm. it's like fat people in our community and feminine just get kicked in the teeth and i'm like and i think you tweeted something about but y'all love lizzo you like you fat shame us you know you queers like fat shame us and then you love lizzo so you're a fucking hypocrite but like just to see jonathan be their authentic selves and then to come out and be also hiv positive and being so vulnerable and being so open, I just can't say enough about them. I really can't say enough about how much I just, I love them. Yeah. So good for you, my friend. I think we're all shouting to the rooftops about that. 
What do we have coming up? Is everybody's week going to be as tumultuous as it was? I don't last think week? so. <laughs> um, I think we've just established ain't gonna do it. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I, I can't. No, I this weekend helped so much. That's another thing, like reset, because usually I, I obviously take the weekend to play my PS4 and just like relax a little bit. But then I told my brain, I was like, we, sorry, no time off. We have to, we have to get shit done so we can have a less crazier week uh, this coming week. Um, I agree. Yeah, I was saying I was saying this to Ian just before we did the podcast because he runs and guns so much and he works so hard. And I, I was out there in the field for many years. I was on the road for many many years. I've done so many fucking jobs. We were like, "Are you telling the truth?" Yeah, I've, I've worked a lot of crazy things. I'm like one of those people who never like really wanted to be one thing when they grew up. I just tried a bunch of stuff. So there you go. But uh, I've been on the road a lot and it's exhausting. And and then he's also restless when he's at home. I've noticed. So I was just like, you need a hobby. I don't know what it is, but it needs to be something that makes you happy and then you can just, you know, whether it's take a bath and listen to a podcast. That's my <laughs> jam. Sometimes I'll play a little bit of a video game or listen to an audio book. Just even if it's like for an hour out of your day, it, like, it helps you reset yeah. because that's your waking time doesn't need to be just productivity. You know what I mean? Like. We're not designed this way. We're not designed to go at this speed. So what is that, you know, what is that going to be for him? Do you agree, Ian? Like, am I just... Yeah, well, yeah, I, I agree. I, I also have to get shit done, though. I know you do. No. But you don't, like, I, like, up until, like, it'll be dark outside and you're still doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that. And I'm like, are we asking too much of you is my question. No. No, I do need, I do need to... to um to find that 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 relaxation place because like you said i mean it just it just goes up from here yeah you know As so you i need advance. to find something yeah if you don't find your ways to love yourself and i'm love that andre's doing this at his age and you're doing this at like 40 it's like you got to find ways to like that's why a lot of the guys I worked in production because we sat all the time in like a dark cave and did post-production, right? You literally feel like you should be hanging upside down. And I think a lot of us were doing cocaine at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we would go out to the desert and have this big desert hang for a, well, like a long weekend. And we would then like we would shoot guns. We're a bunch of liberals shooting guns. And we would sit around and, and read like Hunter S. Thompson. We'd be reading the book and passing it around. And nobody would read the passages and act them out and just silly stuff like that. But we would go off and just kind of recharge. And it was something we looked to, forward to every year. And it, was, it made a difference. Your cell phone didn't work. You got out of the city. You got out of the pressure bowl that's the industry. And so what is that for you? And because for me, I know I have to do it. Sometimes I'm like, my brain just, my brain literally goes, nope, I'm not writing anymore. I'm not writing one more yeah. sentence. I'm going to quit on you. And I, I drag myself into the other room to watch like a show or some junk TV yeah. or sometimes I'll do the dishes or the laundry, whatever, like feels relaxing at the time. And I want, I'm going to go back to painting again because I painted for many years. So I'm ready to fire out the old canvases. I have a bunch of uh, just blank canvases in my office closet i'm about to haul those out and get to town so yeah i think the the more uh separate it is from the main thing you do i think it it helps uh for me Agreed. that's either like cleaning for me is very therapeutic and also just like sketching yes. um but yeah just find time for yourself <laughs> when does your show um 
debut? I don't have an exact date yet. Uh, the workshop yeah. is is going to be performed in early November, um, so we'll see. I'm currently just focused on on just getting everything uploaded and and ready to go. We still have I have no idea who's who's going to be in it. Still, we're not that far yet. Uh, but yeah, it's exciting. It's a great opportunity. It's just not one that you're willing to kill yourself over. Yeah, basically. There you go. Ian, any last thoughts? Get some sleep, drink some water. It really is the most important two things you can do. Yeah. yeah. Sleep is very important. I, I, I mean, the older I get, the more I, I just, I just want to sleep. Thank God for indica gummies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I live in California where it's recreational and I can just go into the, like my my weed apple store, <laughs> MedMen, and get my indica gummies at night and. It's just a surefire yeah. thing. It just listen, listen to, to that instinct, and you don't have a, yeah. you don't have a hangover. No, you don't. You, know, you don't have to drink yourself. I used to, to sleep. drink myself to sleep because my brain would be running so much, no. and I had so much anxiety that I would bathe my brain in alcohol and knock myself out, only to wake up at three o'clock in the morning, still half drunk, even more depressed because alcohol is a depressant, and now I'm like in a near panic <laughs> attack. I lived that way for years. So I had to back off, quit drinking, we quit smoking, and now it's like, I'll have my drinks every once in a while, but I do my Indica, and I'm like, okay. And when I started treating myself better, my body rewarded me by functioning better. Now it's like, oh, cool. We can keep doing this. This is awesome. It works. It really does. You get the results almost immediately. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> All right, you guys have a wonderful week, and uh, I hope that your favorite actor or actress or uh, non-binary person wins the Emmy this evening. Yes. And we will uh, talk to you soon. And remember, everybody, that we all love you. All right. Bye, guys. Drink water. Bye. <sighs>